Warning, the following episode contains elements of horror that may be unsuitable for listeners under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Beyond the Bazaar a podcast curated to all things, well, bizarre. My name is Brianna, and I will be sharing with you urban legends, lore, ghost stories, and more from around our planet. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bazaar. My name is Brianna, I'm your host, obviously, <laughs> and I cannot wait to share our this week's topic with you guys, which is kind of something a little bit, not sentimental, but it is a bit familiar with me as being a native of Virginia. We're going to be sharing with you guys some lore of our home state here the Edgar Allan Poe Museum, the Hollywood Cemetery, both located in Richmond, Virginia, our state's capital, as well as the legend or lore of the Richmond Vampire. As a history buff, it was really, really interesting and cool to me learning about these urban legends and lore facts about the Poe Museum and the Hollywood Cemetery. Surprisingly, I never knew about the urban legend of the Richmond Vampire. That was something that was new to me uh, when I was doing research on the Hollywood Cemetery. So I was very interested in that and wanted to share it with you guys. So with that being said, let's get into it. Starting with the Poe Museum, named after the poet Edgar Allan Poe. Poe Museum is located in Richmond, Virginia, specifically at 1914 East Main Street in Richmond. The house was constructed in 1740. The house was not actually inhabited by Edgar Allan Poe. He never actually lived there, but it is located only a few mere blocks from his actual home in Richmond. Since I'm inquisitive, it was only natural for me to wonder why they didn't use his actual home but I couldn't find any information on it. So I guess it was, you know, I guess it was probably the only available building that was around that had that history, that look also. It's a very beautiful building in my opinion. But the museum itself holds a variety of Poe's original work and various personal belongings to the poet as well, which I think is very, very cool. It is rumored that at least three different spirits haunt the historical museum, two blonde children, and a male shadow, which is said to be Edgar Allan Poe himself. The blonde children are believed to be the children of the original owners of the home, prior to it becoming the Poe Museum, of course. At times, these children appear in the photographs of visitors at the museum. So it was so funny, I actually got really creeped out when I had was doing research and read this because I had the opportunity to visit the Poe Museum when I was in fifth grade, I believe we went on an overnight field trip to Richmond. And when I was there, I had looked up at the window. We were outside, I was outside with my student group. And I looked up at the window and I saw a child and I was like, there's a kid upstairs and 
the teachers, of course, started counting, making sure none of the kids, everyone was there, everyone, everyone was present. And one of my peers also saw it too. So we went to the teacher and was like, there's a kid, there's a kid upstairs. And my teacher had went to, I guess, one of the employers of the museum. And they were like really nonchalant about it. Saying, oh yeah, you know, we know it's no one in your group. We, we know pretty much. Um, they didn't really give us any details. I guess they didn't want to scare us. But after, when I saw how it was explained to the teacher, how the teacher kind of just looked kind of skeptical, but also freaked out as well. I kind of knew what it was. <laughs> as for the shadow figure rumored to be Poe, he appears to have an attachment to certain exhibits in the museum. The two popular exhibits that the figure likes to hang around is the exhibit holding Poe's old walking stick and the exhibit holding an old hand mirror of Poe's wife, Virginia. So outside of the exhibits, the shadow of Poe has been spotted in the hallways of the museum and in the garden outside. Similar to the blonde children, the shadow of Poe has also been spotted in photos, standing behind the groups of tourists, almost as if he was listening as well. So it's really interesting that, you know, Poe may be hearing the curators and the employers telling his story and he's, you know, just hanging around listening, you know, making sure I guess that they're recounting the events of his life correctly I guess <laughs> or who doesn't like to hear themselves be talked about let's be honest <laughs> just as long as it's all good talk of course nothing bad so it kind of seems as though Poe is content with his legacy being shared being told to generations and generations to come one popular account that has been shared centers around the museum gift shop one night a shipment of Poe's bobbleheads arrived ready to be stocked for purchase. However, when the employees arrived the next morning to stock the shelves with the new bobbleheads, they had found that the bobbleheads had been neatly arranged on the shelf. That's, ooh, that's weird. <laughs> the employees checked with one another, of course, and no one was in the building overnight and the alarm was never tripped. So Poe was probably, you know, intrigued, you know, probably wonder what in the world this is for one thing but he was probably intrigued and probably flattered that you know these novelties are being sold of him especially after all these years like you know he's still being talked about still people still wanting to know his story so he's probably intrigued let me help you guys out a little bit and do a little work after hours <laughs> i really think these stories center around edgar Allan poe is really fascinating especially considering his life story if you aren't too familiar with this life story i encourage you to read up on it. it is very very different also very sad which is why most of his poetry short stories are very melancholy he lived a very very sad life but it's also interesting to kind of know the background and the inspiration that his works come from also the two blonde children it, it was interesting to read about that as well you know we had a little bit more information on it but you know, there just seem to be, for the time being, just spirits that are connected to that property through one means or another. So speaking of ghosts and spirits connected to properties, let's move on to our next topic, the Hollywood Cemetery of Richmond, Virginia. So the Hollywood Cemetery of Richmond, Virginia is 130 acres of field. It predates the Civil War by 20 years. Ooh, that's a long time. The famous ghosts of the Hollywood Cemetery include James Monroe, John Tyler, Jefferson Davis, and J.E.B. Stewart. It is rumored that an army of Confederate soldiers haunt the cemetery. But aside from a whole army of Confederate soldiers, the most famous ghost happens to be that of a dog. The legend goes, in February of 1862, a two-year-old named Florence died from scarlet fever. 
the young girl's father, a shopkeeper, decided to put a black cast iron Newfoundland dog on the right side of her grave. Now, there are two theories as to why the dog was placed there. The first theory is that another shopkeeper in town had a dog and Florence loved to play with it. As a result of the relationship between the young girl and the dog, the shopkeeper gifted the family with the statue as a gift. The second theory was that the girl's father was a pacifist and crafted the dog out of iron so it would not be used for bullets. It is said that the dog statue gets up and moves about the cemetery and howls at the night sky. It is also said that if someone comes near Florence's grave with ill intentions or is disrespectful near her grave, the statue will growl. Now, that's a cute story. I can't lie. That that's cute either way. It's sad, you know, that the little girl died from scarlet fever, but at the same time, it's it's a really, really sad but also cute story in my opinion. During my the same fifth grade trip, I went to the Edgar Allan Poe Museum. I also went to the Hollywood Cemetery as well, and I saw the grave of Florence with the cast iron dog. I thought it was really, really cool. I took pictures as well there. When I looked at these, and I wish I actually had them, I actually misplaced them, I lost them a while back ago, but I actually wish I had them, because I'm in fifth grade, I probably should have, I was old enough to know better, but I guess I wasn't thinking because I was just so excited to be on an overnight trip, you know, with my classmates and my mom and around. I took pictures, me and my um, best friend at the time, we took pictures at the cemetery, standing by graves, smiling. Now, it's, it seems a bit morbid, but in my mind, I just, you know, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I wasn't. Unfortunately, nothing showed up. Well, I'm not gonna say unfortunately. Fortunately, nothing showed up in my pictures. But when I did take a picture by this, by this grave, it kind of looked like a baby carriage, casket baby carriage. I did kind of hear like crying, like a little bit, like a little bit, like whimpering. And needless to say, I jetted out of there like a bat out of hell. <laughs> So with my experience on that, I definitely believe, you know, the story of the Florence and the dog statue. Now, we weren't there at nighttime, so I can't vouch if the dog does actually get up and move around. That would be freaky to see. I probably would pass out at the side of it, but I low-key actually, you know, want to see it. So <laughs> maybe I set up surveillance or something next time I'm there and hopefully be able to catch something interesting. <laughs> so as I said, while doing research on the um, Hollywood Cemetery. I also came across the legend of the Richmond Vampire, which I said before I didn't know even existed, which is kind of a first for me because most urban legends I usually know about, especially ones of my state, I usually know about of my home state. But this one kind of somehow slipped under my radar, which, you know, that, that it does happen, especially with doing this podcast. Like I'm finding so many lore, um, urban legends and things that I, kind of I've heard of once or twice but never really looked into this kind of this is kind of one of the first where where I just never heard about it at all so let's go ahead and get into it so with the Richmond vampire local residents claims that the mausoleum of W.W. Poole which is dated 1913 and the Hollywood Cemetery holds the remains of a vampire so supposedly Per lore, Poole was ran out of England in the 1800s for being a vampire. That's per lore. There's really no basis in fact on that. That's just per the retellings over time. The legend first gained traction in the 1960s and continued to increase in popularity due to the mausoleum being located across from VCU, the Virginia Commonwealth University. The lore was first mentioned via print in the Commonwealth Times in year 1976.
So this is kind of this, what I'm about to share next, it's kind of like this ground where lore kind of conflicts with actuality. So it says like the retelling as you guys probably have experienced in retelling or hearing stories recounted, it kind of can conflict with actual fact. So that's why it's, when I was doing research, it was kind of puzzling to me. I was like, okay, if he was ran out of England, then, you know, why is this conflicting? And I say this because it said the W.W. Pool was born April 1842 through and died February 1922, was a man born in Mississippi who later moved to Richmond and worked as a bookkeeper. He had a wife and three children. And when I found that out, I don't know how the whole how the whole thing with him being a vampire ran out of England story came about. Maybe it's just because it's a mausoleum and, you know, all it takes is really for one person to make up a story, use a name, and the next thing you know, you're a bookkeeper slash vampire. <laughs> but with this particular legend, it began with the collapse of the Churchill train tunnel in 1925, which happened three years after W.W. Poole died. So according to the legend, immediately following the Churchill Tunnel collapse in 1925, a gruesome figure with sharp pointed teeth and flesh hanging from its body emerged from the rubble and dashed towards the Hollywood Cemetery. Men who were working nearby followed the grisly creature and watched as it disappeared into the W.W. Pool mausoleum. The creature could not be found and has not been seen or heard from since. So that kind of, when I did research on that, I still don't understand, I mean, I guess I kind of understand how WW Pool got dragged into it because the creature ran into his mausoleum, but it's just, I mean, to me, it's a bit messed up. <laughs> it's a bit messed up, you know, that that was recounted. Now that's kind of like his legacy, but I guess in a way, it's kind of cool because people mention his name and talk about it, you know. But that's if he's okay with going down in history as a blood-sucking creature, you know. <laughs> Not that there's, of course, anything wrong with vampires, actually. Vampires and witches actually my favorite lore creatures. Like, I, you know, I think they're, I think it's fascinating. But that's, that's a talk for another time. <laughs> but back to W.W. Poole. Urban legend and folklore researcher Gregory Maitland did try to clear his name a little bit. He said that the creature was 28-year-old railroad fireman Benjamin F. Mosby, 1896 through 1925 who had been shoveling coal into the firebucks of a steam locomotive of a work train he had on new shirt on when the cave-in occurred and the boiler erupted so mosby's upper body was horribly scalded and several of his teeth were broken before he made his way through the opening of the tunnel witnesses reported he was in shock and layers of his skin were hanging from his body he died later at the grace hospital and was buried at hollywood cemetery so so this is kind of like when lore and urban legends and ghost stories kind of cross over reality and like it sometimes kind of feeds into that that saying that behind every urban legend there's a speck of truth or something of that nature that kind of rings true in the urban legend of the Richmond vampire do I believe that there's a feigned creature running around the cemetery probably so if there's a dog made of cast iron howling at the moon out there yes i there there probably is it could be if not any association with ww pool it could be that the spirit of benjamin f mosby you know still recounting his final days you know final hours of going through that intense emotional state intense pain it could be something of that nature, you know, but either way, it is fascinating and it's really cool and, you know, a nice little part of, you know, my home state, 
home state lore, legacy, history, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I actually really did enjoy learning about the Richmond Vampire and reading a little bit more about the Hollywood Cemetery and of course Poe's always an interesting topic especially since you know with my home state of Virginia you know the most the most popular urban legend we probably have is Bunny Man Bridge now I'm not gonna say I would never never cover that I probably will at one point or maybe like make a little post about it but a lot of people know about Bunny Man and we kind of try to stay away from things that people know about that there are a few select favorites that we kind of just have to cover because they're just there and are personal we're kind of I kind of have a bias on things that I like but we kind of try to stay away from things that like have been overly shared and Bunny Man is just something that everyone associates with with Virginia so I kind of try to find things you know that no one's really heard of like this these urban legends of the richmond vampire hollywood cemetery poe museum and last season we had shared the seven gates of hell we st we shared that lore as well which is locally known amongst natives of my hometown we shared that so we just kind of try to aim to sharing things with you guys that you know may not be heard of we go also international that's another one of our big goals that we want to share a lot of international lore with you guys because i i'm a nerd i love reading i love history and urban legends and all that lore kind of ties hand in hand with history because you find out things you can find out a lot about a culture and their beliefs through urban legends and lore and I found that out firsthand so this season we're going to be of course doing of course our rituals we know you guys love that we hear you guys feedback and we want to give you guys more of that we're going to give you guys more urban legends lore from not just the United States but international as well we're going to give you guys that we're going to give you guys some cryptids some creatures just kind of throw in the whole kit and caboodle there yeah I yeah, I said kit and caboodle. <laughs> We're gonna throw in a whole kit and caboodle, just kind of, you know, do a different variety of things. Just you know the cover all this stuff in this big, great, bizarre world that we live in. And there is a lot of bizarre out there. <laughs> and we want to be here to share it with you guys this season and for many different seasons to come. So with that being said, this does conclude of course the end of this episode but of course you guys already know come back next tuesday for a whole new episode of beyond the bazaar until then have a great night or a great day depending on where you are and as always stay bizarre